we we have to stop thinking that someone else is going to fix it for us. We have to fix it because if we're not going to fix it, it's not going to last very long. That's right. Yeah. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development as businesses aim for long-term success. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sofion CTO. If you're looking for additional information around new product development or corporate innovation, sign up for Sofian's newsletter where we share news and industry best practices monthly. The fastest way to do this is to go to sofian.com that's S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com and click the sign up and stay informed box. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Glad you could join us again. I have a guest this week, somebody very interesting with some nice experiences to share with us. I'd like to welcome Kataki Desai. She is the Vice President of Business Development at the Ontario Center of Innovation. Hi, Kataki. Welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. How are you today? You doing well? Yeah, not too bad. We're, uh, we got our second shot. Hey, Off the great. vaccine, so no complaints there. Wonderful, wonderful. And I, I may have tipped people off by saying Ontario Center of Innovation, but where are you talking to us from today? So I'm, I'm speaking from Toronto. Toronto. Good, good. And how's, is it summer there yet? Summer come and go, or what's the story up no, there? No, actually, we've had a beautiful summer. Today uh, is not such a good day. It's been raining all day. Okay. But uh, this summer, it, it's been spectacular, and especially for someone that's moved from Pittsburgh, there are a lot of sun days here. So, oh, really? I mean, like sun, sunny days. Sunny and, days, yes. yeah. Yeah. And so um, we get to do a lot of outdoorsy stuff because it's not, it doesn't, you know, rain as often, or if it rains, it just, you know, it's just for a short period of time. And so, and then the sun comes out. Oh, that's wonderful. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear <laughs> it. Well, enjoy that. That's new for you, right? You've not been there very long, have you? No, no, not even a year. Um, actually, it will be a year in 10 days. Good. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So, so tell us about the uh, Ontario Center for Innovation. What is it? What do you guys do? Sure. So we're a provincial government-funded agency. So we're, we're a separate organization, but most of our funding comes from the province of Ontario. The government's mandate is to commercialize research. So basically, the research that's happening in academic institutions typically just stays there. And, you know, one way of commercializing it is when professors want to spin out the companies based off of their research. Uh, what we do is we actually work with a lot of researchers and connect their research to small and medium-sized enterprises, so called SMEs, and actually support and, and fund these researchers to bring that research into the marketplace. So that's one of the big things that we do. We also support a lot of small and medium-sized enterprises by providing capacity, uh, so funding them through investment and investment fund. Um, and also increase capacity by providing access to some of the you know, new and emerging technologies like 5G, like AI networks. And so the, the goal is to build capacity in Ontario-based SMEs and to really accelerate the rate of IP commercialization. Wow, that's, that's really exciting. Um, I know that there are a lot of, here, here in America, there's a lot of companies 
you know, larger companies. In fact, even in Europe, I just had a, another chat in a previous podcast episode with uh, HC Epic, and he was talking about Germany. And there's a lot of companies out there that are looking for startups to engage with and, and mm -hmm. universities to work with. So that's pretty neat that you're kind of coming from the other side and making those connections because not every country has agencies like yours. So hats off for, for getting out in front of that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's quite spectacular because, you know, you're right. We You know, when I moved here and I looked at this this job profile in this organization, uh, you know, this is something that we need to do more, needed to do more of in the United States. This is really taking research, even at the smallest, smallest size, right? Because you don't necessarily have to build a company with your research. You're really looking at very specific research. So say you are a company that wants a specific research for, you know, sanitizing, you know, PPEs, right? And there is a, a researcher that's based anywhere in Ontario that's doing similar things. It might be for a completely different product, but now we make the connection to the researcher to actually provide them with funding up to $150,000 to build that small part of the research specifically for your company. Okay. And then you get to own the IP as the company. So we're really increasing capacity in these small and medium sizes companies. Yeah. Does it lead to acquisitions where you know, somebody's working with a maybe as a supplier of the technology who's a small company, and then they say, yeah, let's buy you or, or bring you into our portfolio. Does it go that far? The intellectual property actually gets owned by the company. Okay. Um, that's So we, we want the intellectual property to get into the marketplace and not just sit in the ivory tower of a university. I understand. Okay. And in, okay. Some, in some cases, the researchers would actually um, realize that they have a, a real product there and they might want to spin it out as a company themselves. Right. So yeah. that, that also happens. Yes, we do, right. we do see companies spinning out from universities mm -hmm. based mm -hmm. off of some of these very small research projects that they did. Yeah. I'm familiar with some universities uh, that are doing that. So I know from the university side that happens out there. And I just know there's such a such a need for people to find each other, right? Yes. I need a technology, which universities out there might even have something. So uh, I guess you're building a directory of connections, right? Absolutely. So you, you hit the nail on the head, Paul. The biggest thing that the Ontario Center of Innovation, so OCI as we call it, does is I have a team of business development managers across Ontario. So right down from Windsor in the south to Sudbury in the north, there is there are people that are embedded in the innovation ecosystem across Ontario. And whenever there is a project or a need, my team gets together and actually looks at, you know, where are the SMEs across the province and where are the research institutions across the province where there is actually research that can be matched to the need of the SME. Understand, understand. Well, how did you get involved in this? How, how did you get involved in innovation in general and then moving on into that kind of role? It's quite interesting. So I was born in India and I was raised in the Middle East, which is besides the point. And I, I moved to the U.S. for graduate school. And um, my graduate degree was actually in cardiovascular physiology. Um, that was my specialization. And, um, you know, after, after being a postdoc for several years, I realized that I, I really enjoyed working with people compared to pipe, like instead of pipettes and went and got <laughs> another degree. So I, I got a degree in public policy, uh, public management at Carnegie Mellon, 
a bunch of us started our first startup when I was at Carnegie Mellon. And that sort of got me hooked to this idea of like being able to solve a problem on your own. Typically, you know, when, when you think of something that's not working around you, you sort of look at someone else to point the finger at. But, and, uh, you know, when you have an entrepreneurial mindset, you're like, well, how can I fix it? And it wasn't something that I was raised with. Like, I, I just, you know, we didn't have any entrepreneurs in the family. It was just not a very uh, entrepreneurial family. And so when I realized that you could actually do that, I got hooked. I was like, wait, we get to solve our own problems. That's how everyone should work. So I, I started my first startup at CMU. That didn't go up so well. I, I was part of several other startups, uh, all of which failed. So there was a lot of learning experiences. And at some point, I got invited to apply as the executive director for an incubator uh, based in Hermitage, so north of Pittsburgh, and about an hour and a half commute one way. And the, the great thing was all, the, all the, the failures, quote unquote, or learning experiences that I had from all these startups were, worked really well for all the entrepreneurs that I was supporting. And so I got more and more interested in innovation and how innovation plays such a huge role in economic development. And so I started sort of building my own niche in that in that very specific little, you know, sector. And and it's, you know, sort of taken on since then. The last role that I had when I was in Pittsburgh was part of UPMC Enterprises. So I was the director of strategy for their one billion dollar life sciences fund. And it was interesting because, you know, I've been in a startup, I've been a co-founder, I've been in act dev, I've run an accelerator slash incubator. And the only thing missing was the, the venture side of it, right? How do you actually, what are the criteria when you're giving money and how do you make those decisions? So I got the opportunity to actually do that for a year. So that really, you know, rounded everything in the experience. And uh, when we were looking to move to Canada, someone in the Pittsburgh ecosystem connected me with uh, a VC in Canada, who then connected me to the CEO of OCI, and they were looking for someone to lead the business development team. So that's how I ended up here. Oh, wow. You've had some real successes in there and failures are good, right? We learn from them. No yeah. failure means you never be good at anything. Yeah. Exactly. I've, I've failed more times than I've succeeded. And I think that's something we should all be talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now, if you think about the type of technologies that might be coming to you, there's this guided by professors or, or institutions or what have you coming to you, making a presentation about what they're doing. I mean, is that how they do it? They're actually, they, they, they seek funding coming that way. How many in a month or how many in a year, how many companies or, or opportunities are coming kind of through the pipeline? Oh, wow. There is just on the investment fund side of it. So, so that's a very small portion of the portfolio that I manage. We will fund about 20 to 30 companies this year. Wow. Wow. On the industry academic partnerships, that's about 90 to 100 such projects where we will yeah. connect researchers to companies. And then there's a whole bunch of other programs for access to, you know, 5G test beds where we give them funding to build new applications on 5G, for example. So that's about 250 wow. or so a year. So it's, it's yeah. a lot of projects and a lot of SMEs and a lot of researchers that we see. 
And I was going to say the the thing that's really exciting to me that, you know, that's sort of where where next is going to happen. I think it's going to be the field of quantum. So quantum computing. Really? Really? So are there there are already technologies that are coming across your your plate that are related to that that look pretty promising, huh? Yes. Yes. In fact, Quantum is moving at a, in a at a faster pace than we you know we anticipated or we even expected because it's it's radically going to change how we compute and so you know right now we're still looking at the classical way of computing right and so quantum is going to exponentially completely change that there are a lot of other countries that are investing in quantum and surprisingly Canada has a large number of companies that are in quantum that are actually building solutions using quantum computing. There's also quantum sensing and quantum materials, but the quantum computing aspect of it is really exciting because it's how nature computes. It, it does it in, yeah, in a right. very different way of doing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very yeah. different, right? And so yeah. um, I was on a panel uh, for quantum computing just last week, and it was just fantastic what's going on here. Yeah, I don't think our brains run this linear program, you know, it's, yeah, lightning as, fast. As the way right? computers do, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How do you decide, yeah, this is a good investment for funds or this isn't? How do you do that? That's a good question. So, you know, like I said, we are funded by the province. So these are taxpayer dollars. So we have to be very, very, not only judicious, but we also fund the best of the best. So if there were two companies that had this, that, you know, sort of fit our eligibility criteria, because that's the first gate. We also want to make sure that these are companies that are going to make a larger economic impact, um, you know, when compared to each other, right? So um, we look at, we look at what any typical investor would. Um, we look at the, the, the idea, we look at the team, we look at their, their performance and their, you know, historically how they've done. My business development team will work very closely within like during the application process. And then we have a we have program managers that, that ensure that all the requirements of the program are met. We have a separate complete panel of reviewers. We call them the core review panel where they're the experts in the field that will actually assess each application based on what's the latest that's happening in the field. So for example, if it's if it's our 5G test beds, then they will look at whether these applications that they've applied for actually make sense and whether those applications will be successful um, and, and, and scalable. And then finally, because it is it is funded by the government, we do have to report on the metrics as the projects complete, right? So we look at you know how many jobs were created, we look at how much follow-on investment the company received, whether it's part of the fund or even any of our other programs. We look at what their revenues have been as a result of this specific project or program that they participated in. And so we we always try to keep ourselves and the companies honest and we make sure that we're always funding the best of the best talent in Ontario. Yeah, that's a great answer. That's a, how many people are involved from your in, in the Ontario Center of Innovation to do that? That is that a lot that must be a lot of people. It's not that big a team. We're we're probably around fifty-five okay. people, and the business development team is about twenty-five. That also includes the program management team, and then and we have you know the other the operations team. So that yeah. help with finance and IT and HR. Yeah, I'm sure you're busy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did a um, a review earlier this year, and po- I did it in a podcast. I was talking about looking at the strategies of Microsoft, IBM, and Google at the time. 
and looking through their annual reports and kind of calling out things that they thought were key to there. Now, these are mega companies, right? But the, the three themes that kept coming up, and I, I think they are scaling down to other companies as well, was certainly cloud, big one, right? Mm-hmm. Cloud, AI, machine learning, another big one, and sustainability. Uh, there are some companies that have said that's going to become really important to us, and some have said we want to be in front of that, be a leader mm-hmm. around the global leader in sustainability. Are those kind of aspect for some of the some of the research that's coming your way? Absolutely. So a lot of the companies that we work with are focused on sustainability or focused on clean technology. So we, we used to fund a program um, historically that was to reduce carbon emissions and greenhouse gases. And so that was a lot of, that was pretty significant funding, funding dollars. And um, the impact that some of these programs have had, because we, you know, we do these reports to the government, they've been really significant impacts. Uh, they, they've been, you know, very significant. And so sustainability is important, you know, even if you, with the wildfires that are going on in the West, like right now, British Columbia, there is, a, you know, there was a heat wave and things have been really bad. Even with, with it, with, during the pandemic, we've had companies that were doing something completely different, pivot to build better solutions for the community and for, um, you know, for people when it comes to PPEs or when it comes to, you know, better tracking, you know, for people and contact tracing and things like that. So there is a lot of innovation that's happening in, a, in these spaces in Ontario. And I find that very encouraging because I feel like a lot of the new generation is thinking about climate change, is thinking about building a more sustainable future. And if they have that entrepreneurial mindset, they're looking at ways to solve some of these problems themselves, right? And so we, we see that, we see a lot of companies focus on that, but we, we do want to also encourage more of that. We want there to be better solutions for cleaner environment, um, you know, lesser pollution, things like that. And so, yes, that's definitely something that we're focused on. We currently don't have a program that's like like the clean tech or the greenhouse gases program that we had previously. But again, the you know, some of these things are always evolving as the government's mandate evolves. Yeah. Yeah. So these are kind of major, major strategies that are that are part of, of what you're doing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Switching topic a little bit. Let's say I was a, a, a someone a doing research and you know what, what kind of advice would you give me if i if i wanted to do something with that research <laughs> so i think it's important to look at research in a with a lens of you know how applicable is the research to people or the world you know research and i, I say this being an academic myself you know having done a phd you know, we always think of research as, you know, there are gaps in in the literature and there, you know, it was a very pedantic way of looking at things. I think more and more research needs to almost be providing solutions to today's problems. And so if you were a researcher, if I were talking to, or if I were starting out, starting my PhD, I would actually look at, you know, what problems actually exist in the world. I would look at the sustainable development goals and see, you know, what are some of the problems that are listed by the UN in terms of uh, international development goals, and then see if there's things within my sector that could solve some of these problems, and then sort of start building based off of a real-life problem, and then see how that research can be commercialized. How could I take what I'm building 
and actually bring it to the marketplace because it doesn't do any good by just being in a peer-reviewed publication. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there that don't know how to do that, right? Don't yeah. know how to get beyond the, beyond the university walls. If you agreed. Want to agreed. Yeah. yeah, that's that's sort of what we did at, the, at, at UPMC Enterprises was we worked with researchers at University of Pittsburgh to help commercialize their life sciences research. And it's difficult, I tell you, because it's that mindset, right? It's like, you know, across the world, we're trying to change it, change it. And some countries are really good at it. I would, I would say Germany uh -huh. would be really good at it, but we're not moving fast enough. I think if we really want to make an impact on not just our environment, but just, you know, how fast things are changing. I mean, with the pandemic, we were all just taken by surprise. I don't think anyone was prepared. And yeah, I will tell you, that's I don't for sure. I don't think we're even prepared right now, knowing what happened and being in it for a year and a half, we're just playing catch up. Yeah. So research could look at some of these things and sort of start building the proof of concepts for how we could solve for the next pandemic. And then entrepreneurs need to come in and figure out, well, how do we take that research and build companies around it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you have peer organizations? You mentioned Germany as a place that's doing a lot in this area. Do you have do you have peer organizations around the world that are similar to what you, what you're doing in the Center for Innovation there? Yeah, yeah. So the Fraunhofer Institute in Germany does very similar things. They actually have a much larger budget. So, you know, every time we want to approach the government for increasing our budget, uh -huh. we always mention them. Uh, but that's <laughs> that's sort of what they're doing. They're taking research and commercializing it, which is they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, that, I'm very familiar with the Fraunhofer Institute. In fact, we had a, a podcast uh, a little while ago with uh, Dr. Sven Schimpf from Fraunhofer. And, there you uh, go. Was, it's just, yeah, it was, uh, he was focused on different types of innovation, and they published some great research. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Let's say the other side. If, if I'm thinking of, of bigger companies that are looking for this technology, right? They're trying to find startups to work with or, or universities to work with. What advice would you give those companies to be more successful at, at engaging the ecosystem around them and not just mm -hmm. trying to do it themselves? This, is, this was something that was um, you know, very different for me when I moved here. So we actually work with a lot of large companies that are stakeholders in some of our programs. So, for example, with the 5G testbed program where, you know, it's not just a testbed, but access to 5G and, and support, we work with Ericsson, we work with Sienna, Thales, we work with all these companies, and they are providing their resources. They do get a little bit of funding from the government to manage the testbeds, but we work very, really closely with some of these large companies to collaboratively develop these programs because it can't just be a government, you know, funded thing. We need the private partnership. And right. so now, even when we look at quantum, IBM has a fantastic, they've done a lot of research. They have a fantastic quantum network. They call it the Q network. And so we're essentially in talks with them to figure out how do we do more with the Q network if we were to create some kind of an initiative around quantum. So the advice that I would have is you need to, one, understand, you know, how, uh, what you're building Will, will could make an impact in, in your community in the long term, right? If you're thinking short-term and profits, there is one way of doing things. But if you're thinking about, well, if IBM, and I'm just taking IBM as yeah, an example, because sure. I think they're doing a good job. The, this Q network, they, they're setting up almost 
entirely free. So they have one set up in Sherbrooke University in Quebec. And the idea is to get give access to researchers at this stage to these quantum networks. So they start developing the research, the postdocs start working on this. And then, hey, guess what? When IBM wants to hire people and they wanna build you know, more innovations, you know, they already have seeded a pipeline of talent. Yeah. So sure. that's how you know companies need to start thinking about how do I give a little bit to the community right now so I can actually reap the benefits. And it's not just benefiting IBM, it's actually benefiting, you know, the the entire community at Sherbrooke University and and the region because you know now you're developing talent for where next will happen. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be a single company like IBM, or it could be a, a group of companies like the Correct. 5G companies you mentioned, right? Absolutely. They've all gotten together and say, hey, collectively, we're going to have a program around this. Exactly. And, and you know, that's that's a great point that you, you caught on is that, you know, sometimes you have to work with some of your competitors yeah. for something specific that you think is actually going to build something better. If you think about the fact that all of these companies, you know, need small and medium-sized enterprises to build on their platform, why not work collaboratively with an organization like OCI to build a program with the government so you have all these early adopters that are already lining up and building solutions before you widely open the network? Yeah, I think it's it's really forward thinking. I, I think everybody's realizing that innovation needs to move from just me to my ecosystem, right? You see Correct. everybody trying to co coordinate together and yeah, it's, <laughs> we used to have a word for it called uh, cooperation, right? Oh. <laughs> when you got cooperating with your competitors, right? You have Ooh, to do I it. I like that, cooperation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to use that word. There you go. There you go. Take it away. <laughs> you know, where do you see things in, in, in the long term? Let's say five years from now. That's kind of a long term goal in, in the world of innovation. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm hopeful after I moved to Ontario and after I met some of the companies here and their passion for actually making a positive impact, which is not just about building more cryptocurrencies and making more money. Not that there is anything wrong in a cryptocurrency. I really idea I really like the idea of a mm -hmm. blockchain process for 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 money transactions and also for a, a bunch of other things. But whatever we're building, we need to make a positive impact. And I think as long as people continue to think that way, and it's not just about profits, because that's not taken us down the right path, right? If you think about yeah. some of these issues that have come up with companies like Facebook, where you know we've we've started mining for people, and and their their attention spans is really what we're mining for and and competing for. I don't think that's taking the world in the right direction. And so we need to question ourselves. We need to question whether we're doing things that would better humanity or or not. And as long as we're doing that, I think we can remain very hopeful that things are going to move forward. I am a little worried at the rate at which climate is changing because we're seeing it every day. I mean, Toronto used to be a whole lot colder. And I know this year I was here and it, it, it really wasn't as shockingly cold as people told me it was going to be. So that's, you know, that's a little scary. Yeah, I know there are some scientists that have changed their language and they're not calling it climate change, they're calling it climate crisis. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the scientific community is trying to, to get uh, more focus on it for sure. 
Absolutely. So we we have to stop thinking that someone else is going to fix it for us. We have to fix it because if we're not going to fix it, it's not going to last very long. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've shared a lot of great insight, experience, your enthusiasm and passion just just comes right through. So I think we're talking to a, a great person who's in a, the right spot at the right time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul. That's very kind of you. I, I truly love doing what I do. And I think when you work with people that have ideas, it just makes you feel like, you know, you're you're a part of it. Yeah. That keeps you positive and keeps you optimistic. And, you know, I, I love working with, with people that want to change the world. Yeah, there you go. Ending on a note like that is I couldn't ask for a better ending for a podcast episode. I want to thank you, Kataki, for spending time with us. This was this was really great. I, I think it's a insight into innovation that not everyone deals with every day. So it's a, been very interesting. And clearly you are a person who likes to share. I know <laughs> a little side fact, I saw that you posted help for the next person who wants to move to Canada, a whole checklist of how you do it and where's the good parts, here's the bad parts, here's what's easy, here's what's hard. So you share in so many different ways and thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you so much, Paul. This was this was a joy. Thank you for asking really good questions. This was this, you know, the 30 minutes went by really quick. It did, didn't it? Yeah. If people want to follow you and find you, how do they do that? Uh, LinkedIn is a good place. I used to use Twitter pretty often, but no, I don't as much. So LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn with my first and last. Yeah, LinkedIn. We'll, we'll put a we'll put a we'll put a link to that in the show notes. I've been following you on LinkedIn. I know you write and you publish things there. So yes. if if somebody follows you, they're gonna just get more good content coming their way. Okay, Kataki. Well, you have a great uh, great rest of your summer, and let's keep in touch. Okay. Will do. Take care. All right. Bye now. To our listeners, thanks for joining us and have a great week and we'll talk to you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.